0: Good afternoon, everyone. It is my great honor to be here at the Middle East Institute of National University of Singapore. Uh, I would like to extend my uh, gratitude and thankfulness to Professor Martin Wen uh, and the generosity of the Middle East Institute. I am Sarawad Ari, the director of the Muslim Study Center in Chola University and in our center we focus mostly on the Middle East studies, especially the uh, relationship between the Middle East countries and Thailand and of course uh, the relationship between the Thai and the Muslim world as a whole. Actually, my presentation today is on the Transnational connections of the Muslim Movement in Thailand. And this is the uh, collaborative work in process with uh, my colleague, uh, uh, Dr. Christopher Zhou. He is now a visiting professor in our Muslim Study Center and he will uh, talk after me. Uh, uh, this is the slide? Yep, I think that
1: time. you've got your clicker there. Mm-hmm. I think we go the other way around. That's it. How's that? Oh,
0: okay. Um, let me begin by giving you the uh, primary yeah. objectives of our studies. Uh, the first of the objectives of our study is to provide relevant details about the personalities, personal movements, and ideological inferences that led to significant change in South Thailand religious geographies in the 1970s. Uh, uh, this is based on our analysis of the relevant secondary literature. But the, Second objectives of our study is to present a range of observations, arguments, and provisional hypotheses about the process of religious change in uh, South Thailand. When, we, I, when I talk about uh, South Thailand, I mean the southernmost of Thailand. That means Jan uh, Patani and Naratiwan. And this is uh, the outline of the study that uh, what I'm going to talk today, the first topic is about the... uh, I will give you a brief comment about the nine queens' concept of religious economy. Uh, The second is analysis of how old and new (coughs) have routinely been referred to in Muslim Southeast Asia. I would also uh, give the reconstruction of the personalities involved in the introduction of a rank of Southeast Asian and, and the Middle East Islamic movement in the southern part of Thailand since the 1920s. And the last one, we are going to present some observations, arguments, and uh, provisional hypothesis about the process of... The change in southern part of Thailand in the 1970. Um uh, You will presumably be aware of the ways in which Night Green has developed theoretic- uh, theoretical contributions by uh, historians of Protestant Christianity in North America, most notably Rodney Stark. a number of commonalities exist between uh, conventional economies and what has been referred to as religious economy. So if uh, conventional economies, you have a firm but uh, in the concept of religious economy, you will have uh, uh, what we call uh, organization, a religious organization. And uh, if conventional economies, you have uh, a franchise, in the concept of uh, religious economy, you will have uh, uh, missionary stations, and we have religious activists active as the uh, inter- entrepreneurs, that uh, we have their targets as the uh, customers. So the concept of religious economy gives us understand the process of the function of Islamic movements everywhere. But in this case, uh, I use it to explain the Muslim movement in southern part of Thailand. Um, this is if we uh, if we look at the Islamic movement in in uh, southern part of Thailand or in Southeast Asia in general, you will find that the Islamic movement can be divided into two groups. One is kwam Tuo. in Thailand we call it kanak uh, Gao. and uh, the meaning is. Traditionalists or uh, classicalists. Uh, this group um, they claim that uh, they follow the old people, the ancestor, or the uh, the Malayu uh, uh, traditions. And uh, the second group is Kwa uh, We call it in Thai as the Kanamai, uh, uh, reformist or modernist. Uh, in South Thailand, uh, majority of the people belong to the t- traditionalists, of course, and um, uh, but anyway, the reformists uh, now become very popular among the uh, urban middle class. I mean, educated middle class of the Muslim part, especially in the southern part, but the the. Very interesting question. That it is that um, you know, is it true that uh, most of the Muslims in in the southern part or Islamic movement in the southern part are belong to uh, this side or that side? I think there are a number of you know uh, uh, movement that uh, that it is in the middle. I mean, uh, multiple. Uh, uh it is quite you know it is uh, various I mean uh, not in the back or not in the white. I will show later on um, um, actually uh, Chris will will uh, mention in his presentation to the School, led by Sheikh Ahmad Al-Fatani. But I would like to uh, pause for a minute and ask the question, where would you place this school on the continuum of old and new? What do you think? Uh, what would you say? What would you place the uh, Tokali what Ali? What would you place Haji Sulong uh, in which side? Uh, new or old. So this well, is, uh, perhaps not everyone knows who Haji Sulong
1: was. Yeah. <laughs> and perhaps can you say a few words about yeah. Haji
0: Sulong and the movements that he led? Yeah uh, Haji Su Long uh, he 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 was one of a very important persons in the southern part of Thailand. Uh, now he already passed away but uh, he was the one who, uh, who you know, um, tried to um, ask the Thai government to uh, to change something in the southern part of Thailand, especially the way people people live, but finally he disappeared in the 1950s. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, this is another slide, uh, I would just want to, to give you another detail, which which I wish to point out before proceeding. It is that uh, two of the people who study in Dioban had been formed by members of this Patani school who taught in both Kalantan and Patani in the southern part of Thailand so the two people that is uh, uh, Nick Aziz and Abdullah Chinnarong they belong to or they studied in Teoban School in the northern part of uh, India Uh, and the next series of slides summarise when, through whom, and from where the following Islamic movements were established in South Thailand from the 1920s. Uh, the first movement that I would uh, mention is a form of Islamic modernism associated with the Dioban School of the North India. The second one is the revivalism of the Tablighi Jamaat Again, from, from North India. And the third one is a form of Salafism with direct I- ideological and financial links to the Middle East led by Dr. Smaendutfi Jabatiya. So uh, let's start by, uh, let's start uh, with Abdullah Jinalong. He was studying with uh, Hadi Sulong in Patani at the time uh, that he was disappeared this, this by the Thai police in the mid-1950s. Uh, he spent some time studying at uh, Kalantan and shifted from there to study at the Dilban. He returned to South Thailand in the late 1960s and taught at one of the largest Islamic schools in Yala. For a number of reasons, he felt that he would have uh, more freedom to disseminate his reformist agenda by becoming a civil servant, especially the education movement in the southern part of Thailand. So, finally, he became a civil servant. Uh, you will notice that I have included some details about Nick Aziz, the former first minister of the Malaysian state of Kalantan. And uh, we have done so for a number of reasons. You might want
1: to change the slide, Jan.
0: Yeah. Mm. Uh, we have done so in uh, a number of reasons. First of all, uh, we are intrigued by the fact that both these people, were born in the same year Uh, they were formed by ulama such as uh, Token Ali and Haji Sulong and they travelled to North India about the same time another reason for including Nick Aziz for our comparative process here relates to one of the arguments we make about the importance of Kalantan in the arrival of a reign of Islamic movement in southern Thailand Uh, What about the Tabiki Jamaat? The person who has done most work on the social history of what we refer to as a revivalist movement from South Asia is, of course, uh, Farishnu. This makes some important arguments about the role played by Kalantan's Pathan community, which Naegreen might refer to as a form of trans-cultural mediator. Uh, members of Patan community in uh, both Kalantan and Patani play a very critu- uh, critical roles in the establishment of this movement in the southern part of Thailand. And of course, the, the main operation basis here it was in Yala. Okay, uh, the final individual whose movement influences and timelines was considered is that of uh, Doctor Ismail Nutfi Japakiya. We point out that he was actually born in Saudi Arabia, returning to South Thailand when he was eight. Uh, he he returned to Saudi Arabia in early 1920 and returning to. Uh, South Thailand in the mid-1980s. After completing his PhD in Riyadh, uh, since returning to South Thailand, uh, Dr. Lutfi established a number of Islamic institutions on a property located close to the provincial capital of Yala province. Initially, this was Yala Islamic College, which became Yala Islamic University. Whose name was changed to uh, Alpha Tony University. Um, I will just go uh, fast. Uh, I will just show you that, that this is the uh, map that I would uh, focus of the following uh, following a series of slides. Uh, the focus of the following series of slides is the importance of Yalla in the establishment of the Islamic movement, which have impacted the religious geographies in the 1970s. Uh, uh, as mentioned earlier, that uh, after his return to South Thailand in the late 1960s, Abdul, Abdul- Abdullah Chinarong or uh, North India, taught at Tamavitya Thama- school before coming to the conclusion that uh, he would have more freedom to disseminate the form of Islamic modernism or reformism that he was exposed to while uh, studying in North India. So finally, he became a civil servant and used to regularly hold lectures on Sunday morning at the Jala Town Hall. You can see the map. and uh, We also point out that the operational base for the Tablighi Jamaat in southern part of Thailand was constructed in Jala. The Markas, which is commonly referred to by uh, Mali as the uh, Markas Besa is one of the largest in the world. And uh, finally, we point out that although doctor Ismail Esmei-Lutfi originally coming from, uh, from, from the village of Braho, located 15 kilometers from Patani, what would eventually become Al-Fatani University was established near Tujala, provincial capital, we also point out that uh, Dr. Ismail Dutfi regularly spoke at Yala Central Mosque on Sunday morning after Abdullah Jinarong discontinued his practice of lecture, lecturing at the Yala City Hall. So, uh, having provided details about how the reign of modernists Revivalist and Reformist Islamic Movement became established in southern part of Thailand in the 1920s. It is time for me to uh, present some of our arguments. Uh, The first argument is that uh, the Middle Eastern influences in the southern part of Thailand have been over-exaggerated. As you can see just now, that uh, only one Islamic movement uh, that uh, belongs to the Middle East, uh, that is uh, from uh, Doctor Ismail Jabbariya, but the rest is not. Uh, The second argument is that the role of Kalantan has been overlooked, and. the third argument is that the operational importance of the life. And finally, uh, our argument is that uh, change in the, re- in the religious geography have come about through the cumulative impact of a range of religious entrepreneurs. So this is all uh, my presentation, so maybe we will have enjoyed in uh, the discussion, sure. I mean after after yeah. presentation of no Dr. Chris. Cool. Yes. Thank you. Yes, you thank know. you very much. Yes. Uh, you have left quite a few questions in my mm. mind, yes. and
1: I suppose in other people's minds as well, but we'll have to keep these questions, and we're going to listen to Chris first. Yeah, sure. Mm. Okay, so I presume that these uh, the slideshow. Do I need to change files or? Just continue. Here we go. Look at that. And um, I, as the person who organised the slides, I, I apologise. There's um, with with the change in over formatting, a few of the. Uh, um, I spent lots and lots of time on the map making sure that all the dots joined up, but obviously, um, uh, I need to learn a bit more next time, maybe I'll send it as: Yes sophisticated. Well I'll try to be less sophisticated. Yes. I, I, I do subscribe to the adage that a PowerPoint presentation usually makes for a powerless and pointless presentation. But the problem is is that if you're a New Zealander, you have a reputation of being too laid back. And if you don't have a PowerPoint, then people in Singapore might think that you haven't prepared, and that would be even worse, of course. So, you know, what do you do? Do you have a powerless or pointless presentation, or do you look like some yokel who's just come off a farm? It's a very, very difficult. It's a heavy burden us New Zealanders carry, you know. Um, Okay, so, um, uh, John Suddenwater and I have been working on a number of um, collaborative projects, and our, our, we have a number of, of interests that overlap, and one of them is um, Islamic movements, and his interests are more in uh, reformist movements. Um, he's obviously uh, someone with his family background and with an education. Ali has got some very interesting uh, perspectives on the relative importance of South Asian movements. We realize it's product- provocative at a Middle Eastern institute to be questioning the importance of Middle Eastern movements and we do so playfully in the uh, in the hope that that will generate discussion. And as Martin has um, indicated, my interest uh, over the last five years at least, have been uh, more specifically interested in tracking Dalekat uh, Sufism uh, in Thailand and I won't be able to provide you all the details of Uh, what I've been doing but uh, it's good sometimes to just be clear about objectives and these are my objectives over the um, 27 and a half minutes that remain Um, how's that for efficiency? I've got to learn how to use the stopwatch now. So uh, what I want to do, very briefly together is just to be detailed and give you some details about the introduction of the Ahmadiyya Ediresia to Kalantan and Patani I don't think uh, when I started off, I was very, really keen on talking specifically about Patani because I was a South Thailand specialist, but this is a misguided obsession for all sorts of reasons. So we're talking more about East Coast Malayness. There is no discernible, coherent boundary between the two, particularly if we look at the introduction of Islamic movements, movement uh, movements being one of them. And I'll compare the introduction of the Ahmadiyya Idrisiya which, um, and I'll give you some brief information about that particular data. I'm assuming that most of you will know a bit about that.
0: Don't Uh, assume too much. Of
1: course, I will not assume too much. I will just assume the right amount um, uh, effortlessly. Um, so, I'm going to compare the timelines and the circumstances with which the Apamaria Idrisia came to Thailand, to South Thailand, with some of the other big movements, because there's some very, very interesting um, points to be made by doing that. And then I want to consider what the adoption of the Apamaria Idrisia and let's just call it the Up-Maria, um tells us about the Meccan based botany School. Its agenda and reputation as a, a progressive intellectual force. It doesn't tell us everything we need to know about this particular school, uh, but it does make, I think it does raise some interesting issues. And I want to relate the transformation of what Art Bueller, um, another Nakshabandi specialist uh, who's known to Martin, um, refers to as juristic Sufism and relate about how this juristic Sufism of the first two generations of the Ahmadiyya was transformed by a a man most commonly called Sheikh um, 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 Muhammad al-Dandarawi and his local disciple um, Sheikh Muhammad Said al lingi and is Said, there was a, Said, nice to meet you and would you just like to? Are you are you the great grandson of of Sheikh Mohammed Sayyid Al Lingi, or
0: I am way below. Yeah, he's just traces of
1: Okay, well, it's really nice to have you here, and um, this is part of your family story. Okay, so let's uh, let's begin. Um, so, uh, those of you who um, have had any kind of interest in um, Darikat. Uh, particularly around the Hijaz or the Maghrib um, in in Africa um, in the 19th century will presumably be aware of uh, the, the analysis that has been done on uh, uh, Ahmad ibn Idris and the Idrisi tradition. Um, and if you haven't uh, got to do that yet, um, Mark Sedgwick's Saints and Sons, the making and remaking of the Rashidi Ahmadi uh, Supi Order, is probably the best place to start. It's got a lot of information about Singapore, about Sutumban, about Galantan, and tangentially um, uh, Batani. Uh, there have also been a number of other. Um, very interesting contributions to uh, this important uh, person in 19th century uh, Sikhism. And um, how are we going with the formatting? Not bad. There's a few things not the same. So what I what I um, what I've done here, and I don't I know there's a lot of noise. And so as I'm talking, I'm just going to assume that you're going to be reading along here, and it will make it easier for me to make some. Um, observations and to point out some movements uh, those of you who don't know anything about uh, Sheikh Ahmad ibn Idris um, yeah, he was born in the, in the 18th century in the Maghreb. he came to the Hejaz as well as Egypt coming between those two and uh, relocated permanently to, uh, to Mecca in 1818 eventually shifted uh, to what is now southern Saudi but what was then northern Yemen um, in the 1830s. Um, his caliph was Ibrahim al-Rashid and he, uh, for the second generation of um, Ahmadiyyas in Galantan Patani, um, most of them followed uh, the line of Ibrahim al-Rashid and that is uh, represented here by that lighter shade of grey. Ibrahim al-Rashid uh, was um, succeeded, at, uh, the caliphate of Ibrahim al-Rashid was Muhammad al-Dandarawi he was an Egyptian indentured into um, as a soldier, um, he absconded, um, he mutant, he, um, he kind of took off and uh, was inducted into the Ahmadiyya Idrisiya and became a very important uh, leader over the two decades he was Karifa and he most importantly here has this got a, no it doesn't, uh, he was the, he inducted um, Sheikh Mohammed Said Lingi, and you'll see uh, that uh, this uh, chap uh, was actually born in Mecca, returned to Patani, um, and returned back to Mecca where he was inducted by uh, Muhammad al-Dandarawi. He returned uh, back to um, uh, Kelantan and there are disputes, it's either 1900 or 1905. Um, He was um, one of a number of East Coast Malays who was inducted into this order. And I'm sorry for the change in formatting here, but uh, the most important are uh, one Dogwan uh, Kute um, and Duwindabao. Uh, this is in, in, in order of age about when they were inducted. Dogwan Kute, Duwindabao, Sheikh Ahmed al Fotani. Duwindabao's son, Wan Musa, was inducted by Sheikh Ahmed al Fotani. The other two were inducted by Ibrahim al-Rashid, and so uh, one of my main observations and arguments is the significance of Muhammad Said al lingi who was younger than the others, but uh, broke from the Rashidi branch of the Ahmadiyya and imported the more aesthetic uh, Dandarawiya uh, branch of the Ahmadiyya, and it's amongst the uh, in Galantan now, uh, the vast majority of Amirias in Galantan and in Batani clearly follow the line of um, Muhammad al Dandarawi, which is uh, uh, firmly embedded in Sirumban, uh, but in the Manjali Zike that I attend regularly in, in South Thailand. Uh, we have uh, the influence of this aesthetic branch. This is another a summary of some of the personalities. Now, I'm not going to be talking about who's who and what's what. It's just a a way of representing some interesting in, bits of information. And I'm going to start at the bottom. As someone from the southern hemisphere, of course we start at the bottom. Um, so um, it's logical to ask the yeah the top of the world is Antarctica. Um, so it's 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 been very very interesting. The, there's been a few recent um, theses have been done at least four over the last ten years that have provided a, a bit of information about um, particularly Don Juan and I've I've got him as uh, you'll see that the box around Don Juan is 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 um got a bigger font um it's interesting here to point out the family uh, linkages between uh, the people involved in this in this movement and we of course know that this is not at all uncommon particularly i don't know particularly in the malay world because i've only done uh, research um, on islam um, in south thailand and predominantly in the malay dominated states but as those of you who have also had that kind of trajectory, it's a very common story for the babo or the kiai for his son-in-law to be taken over the and or the Bondok rather than the son for all sorts of reasons. And so it's it's interesting to me to see the close, uh, the way that Dokwanari uh, Kote married the sister of Tuwinda Bao, uh, was the person who introduced uh, the the Ahmadiyya uh, to Kelantan um, in the eighteen sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dundabal's son Wan Musa uh, was the nephew of Dwan Ali but was inducted by Sheikh Ahmad Al Fotani who married the sister of um uh, Ali So this is um, uh, this is a, interesting example of the interconnectedness of these types of groups. Um, but because of uh, constraints, let's move on to the next point. Um, so what I would what I would like to um, what I'd like to just uh, point out is is to try and place the arrival of the of the Ahmedea in South Thailand and the East Coast more generally into its wider uh, context and before I forget we'll be making uh, some observations and asking some questions about the significance of certain developments happening as possibly direct reaction to what was going on particularly in the Hijaz, um in the early 19th century with the first wave of um, uh, uh, Wahhabi, Wahhabi in, in air quotes uh, successes and the final kind of uh, takeover of the Hijaz um, in the 1920s we see a number of interesting developments happening and I don't want to um, make too much of them but I'm not aware of people having made those correlations there are there are three, there are four large Darikah in Thailand and the oldest um, is based in central Thailand and it is the Kodriya, initially came from uh, Tamil Nadu I would argue um, in the 1500s the 16th century at some stage was revitalized um, in the late 19th century when local Kodriya from Ayutthaya went and were inducted into the Wanaksha Wanachabandia of Sheikh Ahmad al khatib al Shambasi and his Khalifa, Abdul al Karim, um, Both of those went to, um, there were two uh, important Qadriya leaders who, one was inducted by the founding sheikh of the Wanak Wanakshabandia and the other was inducted by his successor. And so in central Thailand, in UTR in particular, and in parts of Bangkok, the Qadriya, uh, an important, uh, the most important Adarikat, uh, some of the members of the Munches um they come from Kondaria mosques. The other one, and I'm going to, I, I, I want to point this out because it's very, very interesting. Um, and in fact, uh, Dr. Sada-Wood's father-in-law, uh, his family come from a Shazariya family um, out in East Bangkok. But if, we, if you read Arabic, and I'm presuming that most of you do, this is the, the sticker, the Sanyalak, the sticker of the Shazuriya in, in Bangkok and you might notice a couple of interesting things. Uh, the Dahlil at the top is the Dahlil of Sheikh Ahmad Ibn Idris and whenever you Come across uh, the Ahmadi Idrisia, This is the Tahli which is used. They have a distinctive Tahlio and distinctive Istifah, and their Salawat is the Salamat Azimia. And of course, at the bottom there, it is clearly said that this study is not just a Shazuliya. And um, if you talk to normal um, uh, members of this community in Bangkok, they they only refer to themselves at Shazuriya, but they're Ahmadiyya Shazuriya. So this group uh, was brought, established in Bangkok um, most definitively through the efforts of the religious entrepreneur Sheikh Khalid al Bakri, and he came to Bangkok in 1929, and I've got his passport, and I think it's very significant that this was... Uh, just one or two years after the final fall of Mecca to the Saudi forces who were less than sympathetic to certain forms of Sufism, which initially did not include the Ahmadiyya e as many of you will know. I've just co- mentioned for completeness sake that the other really large mass movement uh, again comes from Kalantan um, and if you look at the side it's Ahmadiyya Badawiya, and um, but I won't have time to talk more about that. Okay, what does the adoption specifically of the Ahmadiyya Idrisia by members of what has been referred to by scholars such as Francis Bradley and um, a colleague of mine at University and Khaudun Malik, as the Patani School, um, established most established by Sheikh Dawr al Fatani, but most, um, you know, we could quibble about uh, the relative importance of Sheikh Daud al fatani and Sheikh Ahmed al Fatani and they are both important for two uh, different reasons and I'm more interested in the developments um, under the influence of Sheikh uh, Ahmed al Uh The short um, constellation of names um, is repeated from the slide that was in Dr. Sutterwood's um, uh, presentation and that was the slide where we uh, stated the obvious by saying that there is more than just black and white, night and dark, there are shades of gray and it is deeply problematic to try and, um, to try and conceptualize a movement as being either old or new or reformist, or modernist, or traditionalist, or classicist. They are. It is often these movements, uh, when they appear, they often change over time. When they change place, when they are led by different people. But it is, um, it is, it is interesting uh, to us that um, what Art Butler would refer to as juristic sufim, that uh, that it was, it was the juristic Sufism of, the, of, of Sheikh Ahmad ibn Idris and particularly under the leadership of Ibrahim Rashid that people like Sheikh uh, Daur al Ali um and the other names that I mentioned Duwanda Wan Musa, many of those who functioned as founding Mufti of Kalantan. It was this form of Sufism that was adopted. And there are, this suggests a number of things, and it does suggest that these, this cohort, this, um, and as we can see, they were, they had ideological linkages, but they also had family linkages, as well as a deep sense of place. Uh, this movement it was established in Mecca because of a a considered juristic response to uh, the loss of uh, Muslim sovereignty over Patani. It was considered to be wajib, uh, to be a religious obligation for those possessing the material means to escape annihilation, to go uh, to a place, to a a Darul Islam. Um, I do like the term juristic sufism and that's partly because i had the opportunity to get to know art Bueller uh, while he was in new zealand at the time that i was actually writing my monograph mm. that martin mentioned martin didn't mention that it's on the new york times worst seller list um uh, and that is a very competitive category i might, might add i've got two pages here um from uh, a book that Haji Sulong wrote. Um, and he wrote it while, um, while in prison. It was in the 1940s. Um, he was disappeared by the Thai police in, uh, in, a, in 1954. But before he was abducted, uh, assuming that it was highly likely that because of his activism for Malay language rights and for um, Friday being made. Uh, the holiday, instead of Saturday, Sunday, and a number of other things that he was going to come to an untimely end. And I've included um, the first page of Google Sun Jahiya uh, Gusalamatan, or the Light of Peace, uh, which is one of three books that he penned. With the others I won't have time to talk to, but I've included uh, this item, um, which includes an azimat for a number of reasons. And the the further away you get from a source uh, the more noise comes in and the more conjecture comes in and it never ceases to amaze me that some of the people who offer volunteer their assessments and opinions about Hajju salon are people who actually haven't read anything that he has written. Now I've got miserable Jawi and next to no Arabic so what I have to do is I have to hire people to provide content summaries and um it's really, really, when I talk to deeply committed Salafis about the presence, first of all, to deeply committed Salafis, I ask, you know, tell me what you know about um, Sheikh Daud's connection with daily and most of them have absolutely no idea. Um, and so you can interpret that as a benign ignorance or a more malicious kind of desire to rewrite history. And the same kind of questions that you ask to these people who are deeply committed to this the form of Saudi-funded and styled Salafism that uh, Ishmael Lutfi um advocates, which um, Dr. Sada Wood um, mentioned, uh, you ask the same questions about Sheikh Ahmad al hathani Absolutely no idea. And I think that's very, very interesting. And I think that um, I think that. For anyone involved in the study of Sufism in the Muslim world now, most assume that a jurist is not going to be a Sufi and a Sufi is not going to be a jurist, and as we know, this is just plaintively not the case, and uh, Duandabal, who was one of the first Muftis uh, in, Negri, in, in, in Galantan and his son Wan Musa, this is just two examples of a number of people inducted into a range of Sufi daraka. Um, who were also jurists, and for uh, someone like Haji Sulong, who was advocating the sort of modernism um, articulated by Dokkanali and in, in Kalantan if we look at the programme of Haji Sulong in Batani, and particularly in the 1930s, and we compare it with what Dokkanali was doing, sorry, if we compare what Haji Sulong was doing in Batani in the 1930s, and we compare what he what was doing. Uh, soon after he returned back from Mecca in 1908, we see the reform of madrasa, modernization of bondok into madrasa, the organization of Islam, particularly the Majlisul Gama, the uh, encouraging of printing and publications. And so, uh, both of those people, both of these um, were from the same school, and they, I would argue, um, um, Embodied uh, f- similar forms of juristic superism. I'm talking about um, Haji Salong in the context of this study, because although we don't see in uh, in Gugusan any any Dahlil, any salawats specifically uh, with influence from the Ahmadiyya, and it's a an appalling it's an appalling confession for an anthropologist to make that when they do when they look through the evidence, they're disappointed that the evidence doesn't kind of confirm. Uh, their 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 desire but there is there is no ahmadi influence at all we've got Kodriya, we've got Makshabandi, we've got Sanchistia, uh, but no ahmadi uh, but this does provide a window that this this um, this uh, member of this Batani school this modernist um, was also uh actively gave dahlil uh, was act- actively promoting the use of a number of things including azimat that salafis would have uh, very little sympathy for at all but um, uh, the influence of juristic Sufism in the east coast waned for a number of reasons and it waned um, one of the reasons is that after the return of Muhammad Said Alingi uh, to the East Coast, either you know, around 1905. Some of the movements of when uh, Du went back, when Wan Musa came back, uh, Dok Ali Kute came back, uh, we know when Dok came back and Haji Salong, but the other movements, I've just had to guess, but when, uh, under this guy's influence, uh, Sheikh Muhammad Said Alingi, um, many of the more uh, sober juristic um, elements of the Ahmadiyya, uh were surpassed by um, this movement. Now, can someone tell me how I can start a video? Do I press Do I press this button? What do I do? How do I? There uh, is no
0: videos
1: in it actually. There is. I uh, the PowerPoint had a video, but um, that's okay. One mustn't catastrophize. Here we go. Would you mind, in fact, a oral. Okay, well, uh, that might have been, there may have been a problem with that as I transferred the file. Um, let's just do this. This is a bit unconventional. I know that uh, you guys are into um, big screens, but at least I'm not gonna show you on uh, my iPhone. Let me just do this. <laughs> <laughs> <like> <laughs>
0: Yeah, specific. Specific, like all. <laughs> hmm? <laughs> okay, So, um, so.
1: But yeah, a picture tells a thousand words, so I don't know what a video does. So there had been um, a number—I won't—I had a number of other videos, but I'd rather keep my presentation shorter so that we had more time for discussion. Uh, but uh, uh, this is one of the more walkers um, Ahmadiyya groups that I'm aware of um, in Kalantan There has been. We visited uh, the caliphate, uh, Martin and I, recently, and uh, he continues to, as he expands into South Thailand, he continues to be visiting Egypt and, and getting an ijazah from some of the, the leaders there to continue the Dandarawi Align, and because of the sensitivities about Majizhup about and, and some aspects, uh, he keeps, things down a bit but uh, the video that I just showed you was a, a village in the middle of nowhere that's all done and Martin uh, visited with me and and uh, you can get away with certain things there um, but uh, so this is an important um, detail to mention when presenting a short summary of any Sufi movement and for that matter any reform movement any movement modernist movement, any revivalist movement, because uh, when we, uh, William Rolfe quipped in one of his famous articles that engaging, you must not engage in taxidermy on the living, no taxidermist is going to take a live specimen because human beings uh, evolve and they change and they uh, develop and and, uh, uh, just as we've seen a number of changes, and how the this particular form of Sufism, the Ahmadiyya Idrisiya, has changed from Ahmad ibn Idris and to Ibrahim al-Rashid and then Muhammad al-Dandarawi. Uh, this is these are some of the reasons why Sufism continues to be a very
0: compelling subject uh, for not only anthropologists but for historians as well.